The Reds can't afford to tank, and they can't afford to compete. So what is it? Why it's a consistent bet that ownership has made, and they've only won twice over the last 15 years that they've been steering the ship. We're going to break that down right here on today's Lockdown Reds podcast. Thank you for joining me. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome in. Let's talk some Reds here on Locked On Reds. I'm your host, Jeff Carr, the super fan and crazy addict who's turned addiction for Reds into information for you. Uh, glad to have you aboard today. We're going to talk a lot about what this team is doing this offseason, why I'm not really sure that you can call it tanking, but you definitely can't call it competing. And it, it all kind of stems, I mean, the Scott Boris quotes, we can revisit those here in a moment, but just kind of looking at what the Reds have planned compared to years in which they were actually successful during this regime of ownership. And it's funny because I noted this quick uh, note from uh, Major League Baseball, the news that just came down last night. The Pittsburgh Pirates have signed Jose Quintana. Now, say what you will about Jose Quintana, not necessarily the guy that he was a few years ago, but the Pittsburgh Pirates have made an addition before the Cincinnati Reds have. That seems backwards. That seems weird. Not really sure what's going on here. So let's get into it because the ownership of this team and the leadership of the Reds are still betting on drafted players. Now there, I think it was some months ago that I did this episode, but there was an episode where we looked at the draft picks, the first round draft picks from the 2010s, from the last decade. And I don't necessarily know why they continue to make this bet. This is a bet that they've made ever since they bought the team back in 2006, and it's only worked twice. The Reds had all-world talent in Joey Votto, who was really coming into his prime in 2010 and in 2012, although he was hurt for a little bit there. But those two years in which the Reds were ultra successful, yes, Joey Votto was a huge reason for that. But there were also acquisitions that were made. These weren't guys that it wasn't a completely drafted team. It's very rare nowadays to see a completely drafted team do so well. In fact, even the Tampa Bay Rays don't do this. The Tampa Bay Rays are very savvy with trades And that's kind of the reason that the Reds worked in 2010 and 2012. When you go back to those teams, yeah, they had Joey Votto on them. Yeah, they had Jay Bruce on them. And they had some pitchers that had developed like Johnny Cueto and they drafted Mike Leake. They kind of ran into him. He's, that's one of those situations where you, you wonder if the player caught the ball or the ball caught the player. Mike Leake caught the Reds. They didn't catch Mike Leake. That was, that was like, wow. But even then, it was still a situation where they acquired guys in 2010. They had Francisco Cordero, who they signed through free agency. They had guys that they traded for, like Brandon Phillips, which is kind of an aberration. That's not like a – or maybe that's the right word. Oh, whatever. It's a big word. It's kind of uh, the exception more than to the rule because they got him for nothing, 
And that's not exactly something you're going to get every single day. Although they did get Luis Sessa and Justin Wilson for nothing. Those guys could be key contributors this coming season in a good way. But for the most part, you've got to be smart with your trades, like getting Scott Rowland and getting some other guys like that that were important to the teams. In 2012, they got Matt Latos. Say what you will about how goofy Matt Latos ended up being. He was awesome in 2012. So when you think about all of that put together, they can't just sit on their hands with this. We can't be talking about a team that goes through the offseason and, all right, you're not going to spend for free agents. That's fine. But you got to be smart with trades then. You've got to be able to build a team and not just expect the same guys that you've been expecting to help you out. Nick Crawl cannot dismiss, and I'm going to call it this, and we're going to expound on this later, the Alfredo Simon rule. He has to be smart about the players that he has on this roster and the value that he could get for them and maybe flip them for something else. Maybe kind of revamp the roster a little bit with a trade. I, I, th this is not something that the Reds can just sit on their hands. Filling a roster with holdovers just because they're here has not worked. Period. Plain and simple. So you're looking at some guys on this roster as, all right, they did kind of good kind of kind of okay they, they were they were they were good they were yeah yeah so they're going to be good next year right they're going to be fine next year right what if last year was a career year for them what if that is the best that they will ever be nick crawl has to be honest about that and we're going to talk about that a lot more today and tomorrow as well right here on the lockdown reds podcast because this is not something he can mess up we're, we're not talking about the Reds tanking. It's like I said in the cold open. We're not talking about the Reds tanking, but we're also not talking about them going all in and competing. So how do we fill in the middle? You're hoping, is that word again? You're hoping on a lot of guys either just blowing up and breaking out or some guys completely bouncing back, some guys turning into something that they have not been since they got here. And Moose and Shogo. You're hoping for Moose to be healthy, and you're hoping for Shogo to figure out whatever it is he doesn't have figured out with Major League Pitching. You got to be smart about this, Nick Crawl. You got to be smart about this. We'll keep talking about that here in just a minute. Before we talk about that, though, I want to tell you how to get your television together. It's DirecTV Stream. Head on over to directtv.com right now and get all of your favorite entertainment options under one television screen. Look, you've probably got a profile for your movies. You've got some kind of streaming service to help you watch your favorite television shows. Maybe you've even got your best friend's login so that you can watch your live sports. You've got all of these different profiles, and whether you're talking about multiple payments through different streaming services, whether you're talking about multiple passwords that you've got to remember, or you just have to, like awkwardly text your friend every so often. Hey dude, what's your password for, uh, that one service? Yeah, I, I, I got logged out and I don't, I don't remember what it was. Yeah. Stop all that. Go to directtv.com right now and look up direct TV stream. It's the best way to get every single thing, whether you're talking about live TV, live sports, on-demand movies, they've got news, they've got reality TV, get it all under your television screen. It's 2021. Heck it's almost 2022. Just fix it right now with DirecTV Stream. Go there today and sign up for, or go to directtv.com today and sign up for DirecTV Stream. You got to have a compatible device, though, and uh, contents vary by package. 
So let's keep talking about this because the Reds, uh, and it's something that, you know, revisiting the quotes that Scott Boris had. By the way, thanks for making me your hashtag first listen of the day. Uh, Scott Boris was talking about this uh, right after the Braves won the World Series. He was talking about, you know, it's competitive cancer. The Easter Bunny is given rotten eggs because the Braves won it. And all they did was go out at the trade deadline and get a couple of guys. And they were able to subvert these other teams who had spent a lot of money and done a lot of planning and really built up a great organization and won over a hundred games. And those aren't the guys that get the championship. So it sounded a little bit pouty, but he had a good point because there are so many teams out there and the reds are doing whatever they can to say that they're not going to be one of these teams, but for all intents and purposes, people are calling them a tanking team. I mean, Ken Rosenthal listed them among the tanking teams in his most recent article on The Athletic. And whether or not you want to argue if that's true or if that's false, the point of the matter is the Reds aren't actively trying to get better through free agency, and they're telling teams in tandem that they are trying to realign payroll. So it's not as if they're setting themselves up very well for a good negotiating spot at the table. And I get it. Free agency doesn't have to be the way. It's not as if the Reds have to go out and spend. I I saw somebody say that the Detroit Tigers could spend a half a billion dollars on free agents this offseason. They don't have to do that. But it helps. If you have some measure, some mixture, we're talking about like baking a cake or something. You, you, you take a little bit of free agency and you add some savvy trades and you put some good draft and development in, and that's how you make up a good team. The problem is here recently, the Reds haven't drafted and developed very well. That's why the last like three years, they focused on how to revamp that, how to fix their development side. And they started to see some progress. Guys who won't be in the major leagues for at least another year or two, maybe even three, But they've seen progress with those guys. I'm very excited to see them play down the road. But because of that, we have come to this awkward point in 2022 where ownership no longer wants to pay for the free agents. They no longer want to splurge for winning. But the organization isn't ready to call up talented dudes to build a team around. So they've got to get this trade thing and they got to kind of double it up on the recipe. You know, bartender, give me a double. When it comes to good trades, they've got to figure this out because when you talk about the idea that the Reds are just going to run out pretty much the same squad in Bobby Nightingale's recent article in the Inquirer, he talks about how probably the only change on the positional side, like out in the diamond, not on the pitching mound that the Reds will probably see is the departure of Nick Castellanos and somebody else replacing him. That means they are betting on every single person that they bet on last year that got them to where they were. Winning record, not playoffs. Okay, but how many of those guys peaked? How many of those guys gave you more than probably what they have in their entire career and won't give you any more next year? That is a fair question that Nick Kroll absolutely has to answer. Something that I want to talk about more in depth. That's just something I want to mention today, but more in depth on tomorrow's podcast is how can you look at some different guys on this roster and say, yeah, that's probably the best we're going to get from him. But the one thing that the Reds can't do, and this was something that, oh, something that Bobby Nightingale said, 
you said it in regards to the bullpen, and it's not as if Bobby Nightingale is advocating for this. Bobby was on the show last week, in case you missed that. That was a great conversation. He's not advocating for this. He is reporting this based on what he is hearing from the front office. He said the Reds are likely to do the uh, waiver thing again with the bullpen. Okay, he said it way more eloquently because he's a writer, and my mind is trying to understand things as I'm saying them right now. But when you're talking about what the Reds are looking at and their understanding of how they need to revamp their bullpen, guess what they're going to do? Exactly what they did last year. How'd that work? Not so great. That was pretty painful to watch, and there was a revolving door, kind of looked like the uh, doors on a saloon when it came to the Reds' bullpen this past season. They were in, they were out. Jose De Leon, in and out. You had so many guys like that, and and I was about to start going through the list of them, and I don't want to do that. That's just, it's a Monday. I don't want to start my week off that way. But that's how he is reporting this. That's how he is seeing this. And he even mentioned this. This was something intriguing to me is that the Reds were kind of in on Andrew Heaney. I'm sure you probably saw the news. Andrew Heaney is not a guy that's going to move the needle hardly at all, if at all. But the Reds apparently offered him a one-year $4 million deal, or at least a deal that was $4 million on the annual he signed with the Angels, or no, with the Dodgers for $8.5 million. So the Reds got outbid, but he also said pretty much anybody else in the league who offered Andrew Heaney money didn't offer him near as much as the Dodgers did. They just overpaid for him. So whatever, that's fine. It's nice to know that the Reds were at least in on a guy. That's nice. That's what they got to focus on. You can't just go on waivers. Like, look, I understand that you can find a diamond in the rough. I understand that the Reds got Tyler Naquin for nothing, but that's a guy that I want to explore in more depth. We've talked about Tyler Naquin quite a bit. He's a little bit of a confusing dude because two months out of the year, he was one of the best players in baseball, and the rest of the year, he was one of the worst. So how do you measure that sort of success? Because to expect Tyler Naquins to grow on trees when it comes to waivers, not going to happen. Every team is doing, and this is the other thing too, when it comes to the idea of the Reds getting creative with their acquisitions, everybody in baseball is doing the whole one-year prove-it deals. This is not something that the Reds can hang their hat on. Like, we figured out a way to improve our team without going crazy and spending a lot of money. We're going to take this guy who has had a pretty nice career, but maybe a couple of down years, and he's a free agent now, and he's trying to figure out what the rest of his career is going to look like. We're going to offer him a one-year prove-it deal to come on in and prove it. Guess what? Everyone's doing that, including the teams that always spend money on guys. That's why Andrew Heaney got overpaid by the Dodgers because the Dodgers are taking the idea of having all of the money in just a a printing press where they just print more money and just buy whatever they want. And they're taking the other idea of one-year prove-it deals that some smaller market teams have taken advantage of in the recent seasons, and they're putting that together. And they're going to buy teams like the Reds out of that idea. That idea is going to become extinct if it isn't already. So the Reds can't hang their hat on that. They've got to pivot and find something new. And I think I have an idea on that. And we'll talk about that here in just a minute. Before we talk about that, though, 
I want to tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the amazing protein bar, the best on the market that tastes like a candy bar. And when it comes to Thanksgiving, you're talking about desserts galore. You're talking about food galore. And maybe you don't want to have a fifth piece of pumpkin pie. Now, I'm probably going to, but maybe you want to be a little bit healthier. And you can do that with Built Bar because Built Bar has up to 180 calories, but it's made with 100% real chocolate. So when you eat it, your mind's going to be thinking, boy, I'm getting that sweet fix. I'm eating a candy bar. I'm eating something that isn't healthy for you. But wait, it is. It's got up to 18 grams of protein, less than four grams of sugar and four grams of fat. It is absolutely phenomenal when you're talking about Built Bar. Built Bar is also great because you can get some great deals at built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your next order. And all throughout the month of November, they've got all different limited flavors coming in and out. They just had coconut brownie chunk, which I think is gone now. One of my favorites, one of, my, one of the best built bars they ever made. And they have all sorts of things rotating in and out throughout the month. And this Friday, I can't believe it's this Friday already, but this Friday, Black Friday, they're going to have amazing deals as well. Check them out at Built.com and use the promo code LOCK15 at checkout to save 15% off your next order. All right, so the Reds got to get creative, but other teams that have more money than them or at least want to spend more money than them are trying to stifle them out of creativity and not really stifle them. They're just trying to buy them out of that because they're like, yeah, we want these players too. And these small market clubs are using these one year prove it deals to lure them away from them. So let's talk about this. I'm going to call it the Alfredo Simon rule. And tomorrow we're going to explore more in depth. Some guys on this roster who the reds could uh, take advantage of this rule with but I'm going to call it the Alfredo Simon rule. Now, do you remember what Alfredo Simon did in 2014? He was a starter. The Reds took him out of the bullpen, in which he was pretty good in 2013. He had an ERA in the twos in the bullpen, and they were like, you know what? He could start. So they gave him 30 starts, and he had 196 innings pitched, and he had a 3.4 ERA. He was lighting the world on fire. But they knew... That was probably the best he was going to get. So they flip him. They trade him to Detroit and they get a Eugenio Suarez. He goes up to Detroit and has an ERA over five for pretty much the entire year. Has some injury problems as well. And the Reds get their third baseman of the future. Say nothing about what he's done these past two years. I think he's going to bounce back this coming season. But that's a later podcast uh, topic. And when we look at Alfredo Simon, the Reds have to be honest with players on their roster like that. Alfredo Simon pitched well above his station, and he is a very talented dude. And like I mentioned, he was pretty darn good out of the bullpen for the Reds, and he pitched pretty well out of the bullpen for other teams, but he just never really put it all together the way that he did in 2014. And the Reds capitalized on that by trading him for a future star, a guy that at least for a moment, we called the face of the franchise. He might have missed out on that now. He might have lost out to Jonathan India, but that's, a, again, another topic for another discussion. So the Reds need to look at this because when it comes to next season, and, and they keep telling us, you know, the organization, draft, develop, we got to focus on what we have in-house, and that's how we're going to win, and that's how we're going to do it. Well, next season, Hunter Green and Nick Lodello are the only real consequential rookies that are going to give the Reds any amount of significant time. You look at some other guys like 
Austin Hendrick and Tyler Callahan. And you've got the guy who was just drafted last year, Matt McClain, who looks fantastic. And Graham Ashcraft and those guys who make up like a big portion of the top prospects in this organization. They're probably two years away or three years away. Not guys who are going to make an impact this year. So... I hate to admit this because as a fan, we don't want to admit this. We want them to win now. We want them to win as many games as they possibly can tomorrow. They're telling us they're not going to try that. So understanding that this is the point that the Reds have made. This is the idea, the the position that they've taken. We got to understand that this is what they're going to do. So I'm advocating for it right now. Reposition yourself. For 2023. Yeah, I know that makes it sound like I want them to punt 2022 and I want them to tank. I don't, but I understand they're not going all in. They're not going to be the team that outbids other teams to keep Nick Castellanos. They're not going to be the team that goes out and signs Corey Seager or goes out and gets a big bat in the outfield uh, to add with Nick Castellanos. If they get Nick Castellanos, they're done. They're not going to do any more adding. They're going to probably trade some more people, actually, to make it work financially, whatever. So with that all in mind, all right. Do yourself one hell of a trade for Luis Castillo. Do yourself a amazing franchise altering and kind of reorganization, reflipping whatever trade with Sonny Gray. Use those two guys to, okay, we'll maybe take a step back in 2022, but we're back in 2023. This cannot be a thing where they're saying, Bear with us for five years. Bear with us for six years. We'll we'll be competitive there soon. Oh, I don't want to see that. Give me a one-year rebuild. That's it. One year. And you can do that with those two guys and maybe a couple of savvy moves that we're going to talk about tomorrow, the Alfredo Simon trade idea. And because of that, I think that the Reds can do this. I don't think this is out of the realm of possibility because you can make a trade if you're smart. And that is where we can really evaluate Nick Crawl. To this point, I've not been able to because he is just carrying out the wishes of ownership. And yes, it's kind of a bummer, and maybe that is a little bit of a mark against him, but for the most part, it's not his fault. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I think that Nick Crawl is a bad general manager for the moves that he's already made. Ownership told him, here's your job. This is what you have to do. So he did it. That's what we all do. Your manager tells you you got a job. This is what you got to do. That's what you do, or else you don't keep your job. It's understandable. This is where Nick Crawl can get creative. This is where Nick Crawl can be judged. How does he reposition this team? Does he just leave the roster as is and expect them to get better? Because that will be something that uh, we should give him a demerit for. Or is he smart with the trades? And that is where we need to focus. Because they're just not going to spend money. They've told us that. And we've got ideas for how they can still win and not spend money. We'll talk about that on tomorrow's podcast. I'm not, look, again, I'm not advocating for them to do that. I am just a fan who understands. You you guys know, I, I am an optimistic Reds fan. When it comes to the Cincinnati Reds, I always think the best. Unless things are just obviously the worst, like when you wave Wade Miley and he goes to the Cubs. That sucks. But I am optimistic in most things. 
so I can understand how the Reds can at least try to compete through these new sets of rules that they themselves have set for themselves. Nobody else has told them that they can't spend money. They're the ones that are telling themselves that they can't spend money. So as fans, we need to understand this is where they're coming from. Let's see what they can do with it. We'll talk about some ideas on that. Call it the Alfredo Simon rule and some ideas around that rule on tomorrow's podcast. But thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. If this is your first time, make sure that you're following me on your favorite app and subscribe right here on YouTube. Thanks for making me your hashtag first listen. Now go make your second listen locked on bets because your boy Q and Lee Sterling have got you covered when it comes to making some cash off your sports knowledge at betonline.ag. That's locked on bets, just like locked on Reds, free and available wherever you get your podcast. Hey, it might be the off season. But we are locked on Reds every single day.